when we come to practice in the mornings, mm. setting up these memos or these signs to establish for the day. Mm. Order, the awakening, the awakened one, the quality of awakeness, its various its, uh, manifestations and non-manifestations, its tremendous core, core silence, and its also ability to, to empathize and to bring forth uh, skillful means, nature of Buddha. Dhamma, mm, direct, and which one is directly experiencing its confusing forms, beguiling forms, personal forms, directly timeless, seen outside of the time boundaries without the pressure of time. Mm. That which manifests arises directly without skipping over it or getting pushed by it. Ehipasikal, an invitation, look into this, mm. even in something as simple as breathing in or breathing out, or the movement of thought through the mind, or sense of the body, there's something you want to look into, mm. invitation. Upanayako, leading inwards, furthering, getting something that takes you to the heart of the matter, penetrative. In this body and mind, this body with its perceptions and consciousness is the path. It's our responses around discomforts and pain and body energies, something to be seen here, revealed here. But Chitang, it's individually experienced. Your realization body, your realization begins to resonate. You see the places where something needs to be abandoned and let go of. One's resistance, one's aversion, one's expectations, one's time, one's loss of space. Around phenomena that may indeed be, you know, tricky, poignant, subtle. Mm. Wanting it to be something or not be something. Realization in one's own experience of the path. The acknowledgement that we can step back, Viveka, from this dispassion will follow. Stopping of certain tendencies, 
the abandonment, this mess of dukkha, this tangling up. To be realized by the wise or by the faculty of wisdom. be knowing. And Sangha, those who practice directly, insightfully, with integrity. These are these are memos, if you like, that we can drop into our awareness and see what seems to be pertinent. gesture of puja is offering. We offer our movements, our bodily form, our intention, our voices, an act of offering. Not um, so. In a way, it's uh, the first one of the first qualities that's required is to you know, to see to experience a sense of not just of getting or understanding or finding something, but just offering oneself. And this is considered um, necessary for full realization of more than just the intellectual apprehension of the Dhamma and offer oneself to it. Means, you know, there's the bowing, the softening of one's personal drives or inclinations gesture of that and respect respect is one of those terms that needs to often be revisited because it's in English language most of these terms when you put them in English have to be brushed up or tweaked to make them fit properly. It's not a power issue or even a making formal gestures. It's always something that's got a certain beauty to it. In monastic monastic culture we, we, we often we do this and very often you go to visit somebody and you bring a tray, flowers, incense, candles, and you make an offering. Into a person doesn't want the candles, incense, or flowers. It's not. <laughs> it's not he's storing them up, or it's got to be something so fantastic and new. Just a gesture, because he doesn't actually want anything apart from the to generate a situation with a sense of opening and. And then it's the case that the person who one pays respects to, in the, in this 
kind of non, non-contractual, but there's a sense of, well, then I have to offer teachings or support or something. You can't just sit there. It's not a... It's that mutuality of it. Uh, the offering. An offering is just a gesture, but a really heartfelt gesture, because then the heart is open. Then one can receive teachings. And then you know, we look at the you know the stories of the Buddha and it said the Buddha if asked three times cannot not offer. You know, if the person is sincere, cannot has to answer. That's even a, a sort of a sacred uh, obligation you could say as if the, the genuine act of respect the Tathagata cannot refuse to offer back something so it's, it's an interesting uh, piece to place there the sense of we, when the heart is open there must be mutuality it cannot be any other way So this isn't sense just of admiration that one can indeed admire the Buddha or study or listen or figure out or write essays on or something or the other nature of Buddha, whether he was this or that or you know or was or wasn't. Buddhologies and critiques. But that isn't what it's about. It's a sense of do we, if we respectful, offering one's heart, then Buddha begins to appear. <laughs> and uh, this isn't just uh, something of thousands of years ago. This is exactly where it occurs. Something wakes up. A jitta comes forth. That's the only thing really that the Buddha and say wanted but required of us not gifts or praise or just that an occasion occur where our jitta oh, our awareness can come forth and then it can be spoken to if it doesn't come forth what's there to talk to just conversation isn't it similarly in our own practice we bring forth the chitta, then there's something to listen to, to attend to. So we offer it's not, um, nobody wants anything apart from the occasion whereby the Dhamma can start to work. And Buddha, as a skilled teacher, often just mm, what's well, what's appropriate for this particular you know place where this person's jitter is is at. So sometimes just gentle encouragement, sometimes presentation of a 
of a story, um, sometimes um, encouragement towards self-respect or towards skillful conduct, generosity. And then it says, when they realize the person's jitta is ready, prepared, pliable, you know, in line, when it was ready, then, and only then, present the teachings of the Four Noble Truths. It's not a sense of giving people grades, but recognizing Four Noble Truths to really meet dukkha, you know, and to not see it as something you've got to fix or change or blame or criticize yourself about or blame somebody else or, you know, chitta has to be ready to, to handle that impact with its poignant um, reactivity without going into despair or um, So when the chitter is ready, the Tathagata knows, oh, this mind, this chitter is ready, therefore this is what has to be offered. So there's always, in Buddha, there's always the sense of preparing the ground. It's both somehow completely unconditioned, but it also understands the skill of conditions. Mm. In fact, the skill of conditions is probably the most uh, important thing to begin to get a handle on. Skill of assembling, understanding, properly handling skillful conditions, skillful causes, one's virya, one's energy, one's panya, one's discernment one's sati, one's mindfulness, how to appropriately handle those. So they're not just uh, driven or goal-oriented or, you know, getting obsessive or something. What is skillful? And it's in that sense of openness and inquiry and negotiation what is right now? Maybe it's just, uh, you know, easing the pressure, gladdening the heart, comforting, getting, getting steady. So these are bases you can't, one should never skip over. And then there's a sense in which the, the chitta begins to feel steady, you know, comfortable, stabilized, glad, interested. And then oh, you start to touch into deeper, pen, deeper penetrations, deeper inquiries. First set of uh, skills one acquires is often 
around meeting the pressure of the record the five hindrances negativity drawing back ill will assuming other people have ill will the pressure of negativity towards oneself or imagine it come from somebody else or that prickling contraction surge towards sense contact the muddying of the chitter in, in indolence not really ready yet it's not just a matter of, of physical energy so much as just with the jitter is just bored and not really tuned in mm. we're working with that as it manifests sometimes it definitely manifests bodily conditions can give rise to that when the body feels sleepy you know, it's easy for the mind to just want to cave in so we work with that to be more attentive to the sleepy mind the dull body brighten it up check around keep the eyes open touch the ground do it again do it again holding the posture investigating coaxing it something in here to be understood restlessness running around can't settle here, can't settle there instead of feeling negative towards oneself trying to suppress it all just send the mind this place, rest here taking the quality of what's happening in one hand then the other hand the whole body, the space around. Bring forth the qualities of goodwill. Find where one is stable, where there's a sense of comfortableness, where the mind can feed, set down. Fifth hindrance, wavering maybe this, maybe that could be this, could be that but then on the other hand is this often wavering it comes up in conceptual terms thinking but it's essentially a heart movement as all of these are of inability to really place oneself on the present and stay with it we spin off into speculation so doubt is not just um a matter of lack of information it's a heart quality of a inability to commit to take what's there one's always looking for something more inspiring or different or fits better that to work with so this is a mind kind of wavers and there's something else i could and essentially when you're working with doubt it's just this grounding in the body something we can never 
really conceptualize. Come into the sensations and the somatic sense, presence, being here, beyond doubt. One sees these are not just problems, they are tests to see if one's citta can ripen with understanding, with know-how, with kindness, with relinquishment. It's a place where deeper realizations are possible. This is so often our daily work.